I also made the case for owning Bitcoin, the quintessence of scarcity premium. Scarcity premium. It's literally the only large tradable asset in the world that has a known fixed maximum supply. By its design, the total quantity of Bitcoins cannot exceed 21 million. Bitcoin is the hardest money that has ever been invented. If you don't have my private key, you cannot spend my Bitcoin, period. And this is the power of Bitcoin. It's the first time we figured out how to create true property that you can take possession of with full custodial rights. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Talking in Bits. And I'm extremely excited for this episode because if this is not the most creative person I've had on the show, in my opinion, of course, uh, it's definitely up there in the top five of the most creative people I've had on the show. Uh, I reached out to Madex a little while ago, uh, a few months ago, and I'm glad that we were finally able to get this conversation going and into play. So without further ado, Madex, thank you for your time and welcome to the show. Good, sir. Hey, man. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, man, I, I've, uh, you know, the way I got looped into your work is, uh, uh, I'm sure, uh, a mutual friend, Fractal Encrypt, uh, was, uh, you know, I interviewed him on the pod a little while ago. We got into psilocybin. We got into a bunch of shit. Uh, <laughs> but a little bit while after that, we've kind of stayed in touch. And, and he was like, hey, this Madex guy, like, he, he's the truth. You might you might want to get him on the show. Uh, and then that's when I, you know, the initial early talks of reaching out to you and all that. And, and here we are today, man. So yeah, you come highly uh, spoken for. Oh, man, that that's wonderful. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, Fractal's work. And that that's awesome that he recommended me. Um, yeah, that's wicked. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I want to get right into your artwork because I think it deserves that much attention. Uh, and I, I know I, when I started the show a few seconds ago, I said, you're one of the most creative people that has come on. And I truly mean that because something about your art to me is, man, like, I don't even know how to, it's just so damn unique. Like there's patterns in other people's artwork that you're like, oh, okay, a time chain or like, oh, okay, there's like the Bitcoin B, but yours is like completely out of this world. It's something completely different. So I wanted to ask you, like, what, what do you think about when it is that you actually sit down and start to do something new? What inspires your work? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, going way back to kind of the beginnings of the project, like I um, was always artistically inclined and my goal for creating artwork was just, I wanted, I wanted to make, do my absolute best to try and make something that didn't exist. Um, and I caught, I, the feedback that I always look for is sort of what you're saying is that, um, when people see my work, like the most flattering comments that I hear are like, wow, I've never seen anything like this, or like, this is crazy. You know, like it, it's like, when they see it, it looks like Madex art it, and they're discovering it. It doesn't kind of look like uh, an iteration of another artist's work or, or things like that. Um, and, and there's like definitely some elements um, that, that are similar from, from different artists. If you're pretty tied into kind of creators over history and, and even some modern creators. Um, and right now that's coming out quite a lot because I'm trying to, um, develop my script lines, like my Madex script lines into a, um, I'm just trying to make them as good as possible. And then they're, they're already like quite unique, but I just want to continue to evolve them and just get really my own sort of, um, script graphics. And, uh, in, in the process of doing that, 
like I've, I've been working my own lines for a long time and you can kind of see the development of the script elements. Um, but then lately I've been getting really into like the, there's a lot of Arabic scripture artists. Um, there's a very famous artist known as retina. A lot of you guys probably seen his work. Um, so I'm in this like pretty fun phase where I'm just, um, trying out all these different scripture styles and I'm learning how to do them all. Um, and so that I can eventually kind of tie them into the baseline of Madex, which came entirely on my own, but then like take some elements. So everything's kind of building, but anyway, to your comments, man, that's awesome. That, that, that's what you see when you look at stuff. I think that, um, entering into the, into the Bitcoin space um, was kind of the same reason I got into making big format paintings in the first place was because um, when I got my own apartment for the very first time um, from uh, my family, fortunate, I'm fortunate enough to have learned about the quality goods at a young age and learn about, um, you know, high end things and, and uh, mostly like, roots from a hard money kind of world where, where stuff used to be built well. Um, and you know, I, I have my first apartment and I have blank walls and I just wanted really awesome artwork on my walls and all the best artwork I could find that I was the most excited about. Um, it just was way too expensive for me. Um, you know, and, and even at that, like in some cases, like tens of thousands of dollars, some cases, millions of dollars, and uh, in other cases, even like 500 bucks was more than I could afford. So, but I could afford, you know, like some paper and Sharpies. And so I just kind of started figuring it out and trying to make my own stuff and trying to make cool things that I could kind of um, decorate my place with cost effectively. And then also, I guess it helped me learn a skill. And I'd been artistic like my whole life beforehand. But then coming into the Bitcoin space, like as I got um, like... I was pretty early discovering Bitcoin, but then uh, took a long time to kind of really get into it and become involved in it. And then an even longer time to kind of understand all, like, I don't think you can come into the space and just, I know it's trendy right now to be like, oh, I'm a maximalist and Bitcoin only. Um, I, that That's actually a really, a lot, there's a lot of content that has to be learned to fall into that position. So I think even people who are new to the space, they like, they get the whole kind of Bitcoin only thing, but they're still a little bit vulnerable to some of these scams out there because um, they may not entirely get the why it's Bitcoin only. Um, but anyway, so I, I was looking at stuff and uh, I just wanted, when, when I, especially when I started becoming a maximalist, um, I wanted art that kind of reflected everything that was being achieved in the Bitcoin space. And I wanted cool Bitcoin stuff. And uh, when I went to kind of the marketplace to see what people were doing, like there wasn't really much going on that I thought was um, kind of authentic. I thought a lot of it was pretty gimmicky, um, you know, which was fine, but uh, I definitely saw like a gap in the space for um, really good art. Uh, and, and I was already making and selling internationally, um, large format paintings and lots of other, uh, kind of cool stuff. And I thought, man, why not like try playing around with some Bitcoin things? Um, so I was making sort of collages, like in the same format that my big paintings are, um, the big ones of the girls. I don't know if you've seen them, but, uh, yeah, by the way, amazing. 
Thank you. Um, so I just started messing around and then um, it kind of like I, I, crypto graffiti was or crypt, cryptograph, graph, cryptography, right? Yeah. I, get it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love it so much. When he told me that for the first time, he was like, bad name, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, like he was a, a major influence to me because that, he was coming from a fine art sort of background and making some really cool stuff. And, uh, you know, like it, it wasn't, not all of it was my kind of style of work, but it showed me that like, oh, like the community is like the, the Bitcoin people are willing to pay for art, um, which I kind of thought in the beginning that it like art was be sort of the last thing that Bitcoiners would kind of want to pay for um, in a way, because it is kind of a, it's definitely the most luxurious item that you can acquire um, even more luxurious, even than, you know, things like Rolex or Audemars or things like that, because it's, you know, the watch is still like a mechanical device with massive amount of engineering that, you know, tells the time or, or tells the other stuff. And, you know, paintings are just kind of, they don't, they don't really do much other than like affect your mental or your state. Right. So seeing, seeing crypto graffiti set success in the space really kind of encouraged me to take it a little bit more seriously. And then kind of around the same time, um, Dave Bradley and, uh, Francis Puglia were, um, Francis Puglia were making, kind of putting all the pieces together to create bull Bitcoin. Um, and so I got involved in that process and, um, yeah, they founded the company and uh, I was just kind of right place, right time to get to just start making cool stuff for Bitcoin um, and cool stuff for Bull and kind of pull together sort of brand identity and uh, and uh, just make a whole bunch of cool merch for Bull and just start creating in, in the Bitcoin world. Um, but yeah, so like being unique stuff, I think like that's just, you know, like I was an artist and a creator and a designer um, first, like well before Bitcoin. And then Bitcoin just kind of gave me something to paint about in a way, right? Like these sorts of things are just lying Amazing. around like incomplete boards all over the place. <laughs> What's your turnaround on but, one of those? Like from, from conception to actually that stage that you just showed me right there, how long does that take you? Uh, man, well, it, like I should probably get a hard answer to this question because I get it asked the most. Sure. Um, but hours and hours and hours, like I work on, like, there's a stack right here of, uh, there's seven right here, you know, okay. and all of them are incomplete. So I'm, it, it, it's hard to measure them because I work on them and then things got to dry and then I work on them more and things got to dry and I'm working on the others. And so I almost need to like attach a stopwatch to one or something, but you know, like dozens minimum to like hundreds of hours for like the full um, the full power guys like this. So. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And, I love how you were, you know, explaining how, you know, having that valuable good in art, because I mean, I, I, I come from, from hip hop culture and, you know, Jay-Z most recently talked about how I'm going to paraphrase it. So it's going to sound like shit, but, um, how basically he's going to have that painting that's worth 2 million, a few years is going to be worth 4 million. And then eventually he's going to give that to his children. Now the fiat value of that was irrelevant to me, but the message behind, you know, this painting can only exist one time or oh, so many amount of times, depending on how many, you know, the artists decide to make. And with that value accrues into that. 
right? And then yeah, eventually, yeah. you know, a Picasso is a great example, right? You can just sell that for whatever it's worth. And it wasn't that at the time of painting it, Picasso was worth that. It's the legacy that's worth it. Would you agree with that or am I completely off base on that? Yeah, no, I, well, I mean, it's, it's purely supply and demand. So, okay. um, you know, the price is low when there's low demand and the price is high when, when there's high demand. Um, so I think it, it comes entirely down um, to the artist's story and the artist's brand and what the, um, what the artist's work represents. And that's why I believe that um, my work and uh, the work of, you know, other high-level artists in the space is going to be worth a huge amount, um, specifically original works, because this is the first, the, this is the first era of, of, I guess, the genre of Bitcoin artwork. Mm. Um, you know that art has has never existed before that has messages um, that are so clear um, and that are so important as kind of the messages being being broadcast in um, Bitcoin creations. Mm-hmm. So I think just like okay, if we look over, you know. Um, Bitcoin number go up over X amount of time. And also, you know, even, even if like, who knows what's going to happen in the future? Like even if completely unlikely, but Bitcoin were to fail in some regard, like this, it it's, it's done now. Like we, we've broken sort of the, the, the monetary, we, we solved the monetary problem for civilizations and uh, no matter what happens, this is the first successful implementation of it. And, uh, you know, it'd be awesome if it's the last. Who knows what's going to happen? But either way, like this time period of the last 10 years, the next 10 years, you know, the next 50 years um, is like day zero um, for a civilization that has the opportunity to um, partake in the, in the hardest you know money standard that that we've ever seen um so i think no matter what over the next kind of x amount of years like this is like really the pioneer age for all of this and i think all work that's created in this time will have massive massive value um going forward into generations because you know i think maybe if you're not like that it's interesting like some people who have collected my work um like they do not make very much money at all. Like when, when they buy something from me, it's like a major deal. Um, and it, it's a, it's a huge investment. And then other guys are, you know, very successful in whether, whether it's in Bitcoin or, or in their fiat ventures and acquiring a Madex is kind of, it, it's less of a big deal for them. But I mean, it's still, uh, like you say, it's like, it's an asset that the people who really understand what I'm doing, what I'm trying to achieve here, and they can see that like, okay, um, like my, my mission is basically Banksy level and beyond or, or die trying with the work. Um, and like much, a lot of spe- Bitcoin specific work, but also just artwork in general. Um, like I don't want to be the Bitcoin artist. I just want to be a very high level artist that also creates, um, Bitcoin artwork. And then also, you know, obviously the supporters in the Bitcoin space, um, the bigger, the, the bigger that I'm able to get with the art, with the brand, um, the louder my signal gets. And then thus also the louder Bitcoin's, uh, signal gets. Um, so yeah, I think that like, even so for, for myself, it's like being early on something like being early on Picasso, 
um, to buy my work. And, you know, it, it's like, and, and even for other artists that are already a, of extremely high value, like no matter what, um, like if you, if somebody wants a Basquiat, there's only so many, like he's dead, you know, and right. uh, eventually I'll be dead and there will only be so much original artwork that I touched and that I have. And that's where I think that like art is, is, is hugely valuable for passing on to future generations. Um, especially if the, if, if, you know, the creator myself, if I'm able, able to reach like a very high, um, signal strength, um, because, you know, there, let's say, let's say in my lifetime, I create 500 full size original paintings. Um, you know, like there's many more than 500 Bitcoiners and, uh, you know, let, let's say if, if, you know, my goal is to have Madex story tied, um, you know, into the origins of, of Bitcoin signal broadcast. Um, and that's kind of like what, that's what my cause is. So if, if, you know, if a thousand Bitcoiners decide they want the 500 pieces, then you have that supply and demand equation. Um, if a million Bitcoiners decide they want those 500 pieces, you know, and then outside of Bitcoin, if there's a million people who aren't even Bitcoiners that are, from whatever other walks of life that they decide they want the paintings as well. Like I have a hard supply cap for sure, which is it's, you know, I think it'll be probably in my entire life, maybe like 500 giant original paintings, like over the next 50 years, I think even that's optimistic. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's overshot. Like it might only be like 30. I don't know. Um, you know, and then smaller stuff, there will be more of, and then things that I'm able to kind of produce, uh, you know, more of without focusing as much of my time, there will be more of that stuff. Um, but you know, the market will, will reflect the pricing, um, accordingly, but yeah. 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 That's uh, fascinating to think about. Yeah. Just that example right there. If there's, you know, a million Bitcoiners, there's only 500 pieces, you know, maybe they may not know Madex now, but when they do know Madex, it could be too late. <laughs> Those 500 are gone or they're going to have to pay an ex you know, exorbitant price to be able to get a Madex. Yeah, that, that, that's basically the plan. And then like even everything I'm building around, like the infrastructure I'm building out currently is like, I love making the paintings and, you know, but they're, they're huge. They're massively time consuming. I don't have a big enough brand to get a return on them selling them. Like even like I have, you know, one listed at like, you know, 30 K on the site right now, I'm actually yep. going to bump that one because I don't actually want to, I decided I don't want to sell it. Um, but I have, uh, you know, some other ones and it's like, you know, like that one particular painting I'm talking about took me like four years. Wow. So it's like, Oh my God, like 30 grand. But it's like, no, I, you know, took a long time to make it. And, yeah. um, so, so what I'm doing is like spreading out into other stuff where I'm like, okay, like my goal is to build a brand around Madex. So, um, and, and I need, you know, cash flow to grow the brand and to create videos and to produce signal and to get more tools, um, in the studio and hire more staff and things like that. Um, so I'm, I'm going down into products like right now, my next launch, I got a whole bunch of just, um, basic merch stuff that's coming, um, that I'm pretty excited about. I did like a drop ship for merch. Like when I first started, um, that was like, if anyone bought something from that, like just, 
you got to send me a message on Twitter or an email so I can give you like, you know, like 30% off this next launch. Cause that stuff was just not very good. Um, and then it took me like, I went through like fucking four companies until I finally found a guy who was capable of sort of delivering the standard of quality I wanted for, for the work. Um, so I finally got orders coming in. I'm going to be, you know, pushing out the merch. I'm doing, putting a lot of energy into stickers and sticker designs and decals just for, for signal strength, signal broadcast. And, um, and uh, I got a whole bunch of uh, jewelry stuff in the works that I'm um, designing in, in partnership with a company based out of Istanbul. And um, so I'm, I'm like, Madex is kind of, I guess, like people call me an artist and I refer to myself as an artist sometimes, but I'm not really an artist. Like I'm a designer. Um, and I'm building the way I'm building Madex is much closer to a, uh, fashion house, um, than sort of like an artist being like, Oh, it's my name and it's my art and I'm selling it. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to build like a full, um, like a product brand, um, that creates high quality products that are, you know, from attire and clothing to actual functional things. Like I was making cutting boards. I'm working on these knife sheaths right now um, for, you know, storing Japanese knives in that are this beautiful leather all rolled up and stamped with kind of Bitcoin stuff and, and uh, my Madex script lines and things like that. Um, and just, just a long list of, of products that I'm slowly working on. And it's basically just stuff that I use in my life that I'm pissed off about that I can't find something that's good that like suit first time as soon as I need something like I'll go look at what's available on Amazon I'll go look at what's available in some local stores I'll go look at what's available on Etsy um and maybe a little bit of internet browsing but it's pretty much it's really difficult for me to find stuff that I like um and so you know as I grow like and as I get um more you know capital invested into Madex through people, you know, purchasing my art. It's almost like they're buying shares by owning a Madex painting. Like you have a piece of me, um, the more I'll be, uh, you know, working on creating kind of different products and whatever. And then the plan is basically to slow down the art production as much as possible. So like stuff like this in the background, you know, maybe I'm only making like five or six of those a year. Um, whereas right now, like the only thing I'm really selling is art. So I, so I'm producing a lot of artwork. Um, and you know, the goal, what I, what I want the most is like the people who are in buying my work today. Um, like they're, you're by buying a Madex right now, it's like, you're betting on my ability to succeed, um, with how I want to build out this brand. Um, and I want to make sure kind of, I, I'm honoring those early buyers, um, you know, early investors that, and, and keep my supply as low as I possibly can. Um, like at one point before the bear market, like really hit hard, I wasn't even going to do prints at all or anything like no, no additions, no prints, but you know, in the bear market, like sales just stopped immediately. Like as soon as we dropped below a certain point. Like I, I was selling like multiple pieces a day and then now I'm still on catch up and commissions trying to get through all these commissions I got. But, um, you know, like the main cash flow kind of slowed right down. So I had to start making kind of smaller products, making like cheaper products. Um, and then finally I said, fuck it. Like I got to do some print editions. I'm getting asked for them all the time. You know, I got 
overhead with, with staff and studio and all this. So I'm like, Hey, we're going to do some runs of prints and stuff in the meantime. But like, as soon as the bull market comes back, like the prints are going away. So I mean, maybe, maybe ironic, ironically, like prints will end up being worth a lot because I'm not going to make very many, but um, that, that, that's the plan is just keep, keep the art as like scarce as I possibly can. Like, I don't want to ever have like more than, you know, a couple hundred of anything like going out of the studio, um, even down to like the jewelry stuff, like the rings that I'm doing are all limited. Um, the, the pendants, the earrings, like everything that's coming together is all super, super limited. Um, and then even if there's, uh, like, even if I make more of something, because obviously also at the same time have to keep, you know, the business going, um, there will always be changes made so that if you, you know, if you got something today, it'll be different than whatever is sold kind of a year from now. Um, so yeah, because I mean like those guys who are buying art for me now, it's like that I want like a return for them that'll outperform Bitcoin because like I owe them my life in a way, like my ability to keep going and keep making stuff and producing and growing, um, is entirely from the, from those primary sales and also even just the small stuff right now, like you know, buying a $15 sticker pack at this moment helps. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that infrastructure, like that, that I'm able to build now from these primary sales is going to, is going to be what makes like the paintings worth, you know, my goal is in five years to have the, the full originals that, um, you know, are the most time consuming and the most crazy, um, going out at, at, at least a hundred thousand like each and only doing like maybe three, three a year, you know, like three, five yeah. a year ish. Right. Just depending on how, how they are completed. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we all understand scarcity being in Bitcoin. So I'm just trying to kind of manage all the stuff that I'm able to create. And, and uh, I want everyone who has something from Madex to just have something that is, uh, unique to them and then special to them. Even the prints going out right now, like I've been, I'm like, cause I feel weird about like selling the prints. I'm still like, I'm adding so much detail to them on the backsides and kind of trying to do things to make each one like completely unique, even though they're like numbered prints and, and, uh, but yeah, so that's kind of like the infrastructure plan. And I guess like my goal with kind of having Madex art be an investment that's worthwhile. Um, and you know selling to a bitcoin community 100 percent and competing with bitcoin right yeah yeah no I, f- I fucking love it man now all that sounds so on point um and i love how it closely ties into like you said the pro- the properties of bitcoin that we already understand supply cap uh and, and the demand there but also the getting in early right like most bitcoiners especially now we're in early and we will hopefully if all things play out the way they're supposed to you know, reap the benefits of being early. And similar to your work, you have this master vision plan that you just laid out here. And if we can get in early to that plan, you know, um, we will reap the benefits just because of your hustle, your proof of work and what you got planned. Uh, and I think it's phenomenal. Um, if I take a step back and you said you're, um, you're kind of in this world, uh, well, I don't know if it's two hats or in two different scenarios where people know you as an artist, but you're more of a designer do you approach design work the same way you approach artwork or are those two different approaches? Um, well, I think they're, they're the same approach. It's, um, it's basically, 
I'm just taking elements that I know how to work with and then kind of moving, pushing them all together. Um, I think it's definitely like the same philosophies. Um, just give me one sec here. I got this guy yeah. dropping in. Yeah, no worries. Okay. Um, yeah, like, okay. I guess you could edit that part. I'll just uh, get started here. You're good. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. Yeah, so the design process and the artistic process are fairly similar. I mean, I, I, it's, I know how to use a, a bunch of different tools and I have a bunch of different concepts and I kind of just work to puzzle piece them um, together in, in a way that I think um, looks good. Um, so I want like the art to be, the, the art and the designs to be when you see it, like it looks very good to see um, but then also when you go in closer and take a look closer there's some details that are in there that you wouldn't you wouldn't see from afar so it's visually appealing when you look at it from afar it looks like a cool piece and then when you get up close to it um, you know there's actually a lot of data and information and and uh, kind of cool components that kind of build build out um, the whole the whole work but um, I mean like they're both they're 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 basically the same to me. Like I don't really see the design work and the artwork. Um, I'm I, attempting to accomplish the same goals, just using different mediums. Gotcha. Makes total sense. Now, as for, and you, you know, you don't have to be completely transparent on this or not. As for, you know, as we know, Bitcoiners and, and Bitcoin commerce and being able to basically stimulate that economy of Bitcoiners, are you asking to be only paid in Bitcoin or does it matter at this moment? And one day will you shift to just the Bitcoin standard? Yeah. I mean, like I tried both in the beginning. Like I tried only accepting Bitcoin. Um, when I, when I first opened the store, I was only accepting fiat because I just didn't have um, a good system for accepting Bitcoin in place. And then thank gosh, BTC pay server got built out. Um, but I think with, with Bitcoin, um, like it's just, it's really hard, especially bear markets. It's really, really hard to kind of get people to, to purchase the Bitcoin uh, or purchase things with Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but it's much easier for people to just, you know, use a credit card and, and pay with fiat. So, so currently I'm taking both um, just because I, I need to, um, you know, eventually when I got to a certain level, like I would love to make it just strictly Bitcoin only, like it, it, everything's like a balance right now between like growing the brand and right. then like also like having a business that survives and succeeds. So, you know, I could be like, yeah, Bitcoin only, like, but at, at the same time, I'm just going to lose so many clients from that because my brand's not big enough yet. But once the brand's big enough, then I can make that change. And then it's like, okay, then, then even like finding art collectors in the fiat world, um, it's kind of like, well, if you want to buy his stuff, you have to use Bitcoin if you want to buy from him directly. So then they have to figure out how to get Bitcoin if they want to buy the work, you know. So that could be pretty cool to do in the future. But right now, um, it's, just, it's just not possible to, you know, ha have a business running um, when, when, when you're selling artwork, right? Like the last thing I think that most people are looking to buy, um, the most luxurious over the top item, you know, like we got this whole thing on Twitter going on where it's like, sell your furniture. So like, if that's what the, if that's what the culture is saying, like sell your furniture to buy it, to get more Bitcoins, like no one's going to be buying my artwork. Um, so I got to be targeting the fiat world. I got to be targeting collectors outside of Bitcoin, 
um, as much as I'm targeting people um, within Bitcoin. Yeah, no, I, you know, I feel that all too well. Uh, different arena, not art, but um, you know, I have a video company, a media company, and same exact thing. I mean, I use Zapright, uh, Zapright invoices. Shout out to John from Zapright, which basically just allows them to pay in Bitcoin or allows them to pay, you know, with their credit card. Uh, and you're right, it's like we're not there yet. Like people just don't want to either use their Bitcoin or they just don't want to go look for the Bitcoin to pay for the service. Um, so uh, yeah, same here with this business. And like you said, growth. Like if I want to invest back into, you know, having team members or better gear, better cameras, et cetera, I'm going to have to go and now liquidate that Bitcoin in order to go and then deal with the tax implications that come with that. So, yeah, although I would love to say that I'm on a Bitcoin standard and I don't think I've met a single person that's running a legit business that's on a Bitcoin standard. Yeah, I mean, like we still where it's majority of fiat world currently, so we still got to operate. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's possible. It's possible to run entirely on a Bitcoin standard, but you're just uh, you're handicapping yourself in a lot of ways, and you're also going to just end up um, paying out premiums on a lot of ways. And where you're really going to get wrecked, um, like one thing I definitely screwed up on was uh, like as as we started heading into a bull run, um, all every sale I got. Um, and at, at that time in the bull run, the majority of sales were Bitcoin. Um, and at that time I was just keep keeping it all in coins. Right. Um, so I just, I was able to put together like a, a good amount of cash to ensure that Madex would keep going and kind of succeed. Um, and then, but I, but I definitely should have done some sales at some point along the way to have like fiat reserves, um, before, before the crash happened. Um, because, you know, then I like waited way too long. Um, and then, you know, so, so sales drop off and then Bitcoin tanks. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, in order to, you know, pay the rent and keep the lights on and, and, and make payroll, like, uh, I got to move some coins, um, which, which sucked. (laughs) So, you know, I think uh, that, that was the first time I had like, uh, like, good fairly good cash flow like in that that was mostly bitcoin like beforehand i think the psychology was different because the majority of my earnings were were fiat and so you know i was accumulating coins by by purchasing with fiat um but at that time like the coins are just coming in and i'm like oh this is great there's no extra steps i'm like i'm never gonna spend it ever you know and then it kind of gets to the point where it's like okay well you know do like do I want to expand or do I want to contract right now? And the last thing, like I've made it this far, like th- this, uh, this March here will be my 10 year anniversary for working on project Madex. And, uh, you know, it's like, I put this much time into it. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to yeah. contract at this point. Like now's the expansion. So even though like it, it, it's rough, I know it's rough for everyone in the bear market. It's like, Better, better decisions, uh, you know, during the bull run could have definitely made made this time a lot easier. Um, And so, yeah, like anyone out there that's running a business, make sure that like the next time we have a huge bull run, you got to remember that like so many people buying in a bull run are uh, like, it takes so long to understand what's going on with Bitcoin that they're all people that are going to sell. 
Um, so, you know, it, the faster, the faster that Bitcoin pumps up, I, I believe the faster it's going to crash down um, because you just got too many people coming into the market that like don't understand what they're dealing with. And like every time we have a new floor, so like the price like come, come jumps up each time. But, uh, you know, when, when, when we go into one of these huge runs, um, definitely like if you're operating a business that's plugged into the fiat system, like take a bunch of cash off the table and like enough that you can ride out, say like a five year bear market again. Um, because you know, it, it'll inevitably go down again at some point, like as people who don't know what they have, um, as soon as someone feels like they've made, you know, like a 40% profit, they're going to sell That's You know, some people it'll be a hundred percent. They'll sell. Some people are going to sell at 20%. They made 20% on their money. They're going to dump. Um, so we just got to remember that like, we're, we're so early on this that no matter what, it's going to be going up and up and down and that there, there's no, there's no, um, like, if you can just ride the waves and just make sure every time there's a bull run, you got a little bit of fiat savings. Every time there's a bull run, a little bit of fiat savings. And like, you know, it, it's a business can just operate completely normal. It's just kind of a different cycle than, than uh, you would have just running purely on fiat. Boy, I wish I had you about a year ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was one of those just, you know, get all the way up, you know, video services, had a few people that were helping me out that I was paying them. And just went a hundred into Bitcoin. I mean, I was paying them in fiat, but me a hundred into Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, I'd like to think I'm a maxi and then yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it crashed down and I had to, I couldn't afford to have them anymore. They're coming back around now, thankfully, cause uh, they cool like that. Uh, and I own all my gear, so I didn't lose any of my gear or anything, but yeah, I got wrecked. I didn't have any cash reserves. Uh, my wife and I with our kids were in the process of moving down to Austin and we just basically had to take out a bunch of loans and everything because of that. Cause I went a hundred in. Um, and I should have not. And I mean, I hear a lot of people still say it, like a good friend of mine's uh, co-worker, Sahil, it's like, oh, live just on Bitcoin. You know, just, you don't need fiat. You could just, and I disagree wholeheartedly, I think. Yeah. I mean, it, it's entirely possible. Um, like if your stash is just so massive that you don't care about like having to spend, I don't know, like 15 coins in a year and it just like doesn't make a dent yeah. to you. Um, but like, I think for, for most people, like, uh, 15 coins is like a huge amount of money. Fuck um, yeah. right. So like, it, it's, it's awesome in theory, but, um, uh, we're just not there yet. And, you know, unless, unless you have like, um, like I, I was on Ben's show the other day and I was saying like, man, like if you're sad when, when we're going to a bull into a bear market, like it yeah. means you're fucking up somewhere. You got <laughs> income, you got an income problem somewhere, right? Like never net all money problems are just income problems. Um, they have nothing to do with anything else. Like if you're, you could literally be the worst person with managing funds in the entire world, the worst person at like, you, you know, like you lose your stuff all the time or whatever, you're having to buy things or you're missing flights or, you know, stuff like that. Like if you just have a fucking crazy income machine, it literally does not matter at all. You right. know, like if you're losing like 10 grand worth of shit every month, but you're making 50, like it doesn't matter at all. So right. it's like every financial problem you have is an income problem. And I think like, you know, uh, unless you're like really accumulating capital like crazy, you got like some business that, you know, is always going to be doing well. 
Um, I think booze businesses are great because they like, if times are bad, people are drinking. And if times are good, <laughs> people are drinking, you know, 100%. It's like things like that, right? Like steel business, you know, oil and gas, um, oil's got its booms and stuff as well. But like, um, you know, then you can probably like stack everybody still need, you need a major income stream to be able to live entirely on Bitcoin. Um, because otherwise like the swings are just too much for the average person to be able to stomach. Right. Yeah. And I've tried to have that combo with uh, a few people, but I think our life is different. You also kids aren't in consideration. If you got kids, can't be living on a Bitcoin standard. Um, basically, depending on your living situation, uh, that plays a lot into it as well. But you're right. If you have an excess amount of income coming in, then who the fuck cares? Just keep rolling, I guess. And and you, you, you won't even notice the difference. Um, I want to ask you uh, if uh, in partner when it comes to partnerships, right? So I actually have one of the start nines that you put together. Oh, awesome. Hell yeah. yeah I got one of those. And I didn't, I didn't notice till a little while ago, but on the back of my cell phone, I actually have you buy Bitcoin and war sticker. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love this one. It's amazing. I got it over at the comments, but um, you know, you, you partnered up with start nine. Uh, how, how do you uh, like, think about when it comes to partnerships? Are you just excited to do them? Is it more of a bandwidth thing? How do you, how do you go into those situations? Uh, well, partnerships, I don't partner at all. Okay. Um, it's gotta be, I, I guess like, okay, I guess it's gotta be like really, uh, like my answer is no, basically yeah. for partnerships. Um, like bull Bitcoin is my company. Um, I owe everything I have in the space to it. Um, like bull is the company and, um, I'm very happy there. I like, I don't, I I'm do well with like, I don't really need any kind of major collabs. Um, and like start nine, uh, in my opinion, there's just three major components to a sovereign civilization. Um, and for a long time, I was terrified about the third. Um, so the first, the first major component to a sovereign civilization and a sovereign individuals is money that you have to have money that cannot be fucked with. You have to have the basis of trade fair. Um, and so obviously that is now finally for the first time in history solved with Bitcoin. So we have Bitcoin to solve, um, to solve trade, to solve money. Um, the next most important thing is we have to have the ability to defend ourselves um, individuals have to have the ability to defend ourselves and, and groups of individuals have to. Um, it cannot be something that is controlled by any state power. So we have that being um, taken down and spearheaded by the whole 3D uh, printing, the 3D gun printing community, um, which uh, 3DA, um, there's de defense distributed, deterrence dispensed, um, control Q on Twitter, um, there's a whole world that is taking that on uh, full speed ahead. And I think they're doing extremely well. Um, you know, you can 3D print machine guns now um, with just parts from a hardware store mm -hmm. and printers. 
Um, like the, the tech is fully there. Um, they're starting to find them in, in countries where, where there's the resistance going on. And um, it's just, it's, it's in full development, full speed ahead. So I think that box is checked. Like it's done. It's going to continue to get better. You can't stop the innovation. You can't control it. You can't stop the files from being shared. It's, it's operating in the same way that Bitcoin is. There's decentralized file servers out there that are hosting these things. Anyone can get the information. Same as Bitcoin. So those first first two most important things, like the money can't, like you got to be able to have fair business with people and you got to be able to defend yourself. And then the final and most important one uh, in, a, in a way, but I think the other two need to come first, but the one that if you didn't have it, like you just be a fighting all the time is uh, secure communications, secure comm, secure data. Um, so I just wrap that in as just communications. Um, and so for a long time, I was really worried about this because I, you know, I've seen all kinds of projects going on out there um, that are attempting to do these sorts of things in a way, but like none of them are really Bitcoiner projects and there's not really a demand for privacy. It's not, it's not like pop, it's not cool. Like, you know, so many people watching this probably have TikTok on their phone. They have no idea. They haven't even read what that fucking app is doing to their phones. Just rinsing all your data, pretty much everything. Like even just owning a smartphone is fucking you over. I mean that it can get more extreme and less extreme, but, um, it's just such a giant thing to take on. And it's so difficult because you're talking about like cell networks, you're talking about satellites, you're talking about, you know, encryption, you're talking, it's just so much infrastructure into it. And um, I just didn't really see anyone like that was like taking it on with uh, principles, you know, like what I'd say, like Bitcoin principles. Um, and then when I found out about start nine and, and, started hearing what they were up to and, and looking into what they're attempting to do and what they're trying to build. Um, I just realized that like, okay, like this is the next most important company in all of Bitcoin. Mm. Um, like that, what they are working on is like, we don't, we don't see it yet, but when the time comes, like that, this is like the final, you know, front in this whole thing where it's like secure communications, the ability to exchange information without a big brother involved. Um, you know, they're just full speed ahead going for it. Um, so like anyone watching this, if you believe in freedom, like go and buy a fucking embassy, go and buy the embassy pro, like support, buy some fucking merch, like support star nine in some way. Um, like I'm not even paid to say that or anything. Like I, it's just the most fucking important thing um, you know, for, for nodes being run and for, for just having your data, like where, you know, it is, it's backed up in a place, all your files are with you. Like just, we, it's so dirty and disgusting to be relying on Apple and to be relying on Google and to be relying on these other hosting services. Um, and you know, it's pretty, it's like, it's difficult to use definitely because it, it, they're, they're solving like a huge huge problem and they're a small team. Um, so I wouldn't even say difficult. It's just, you got to like take the time to learn it. It's not, it's not plug, uh, super plug and play. If you're not already familiar with tech, if you're already familiar with tech stuff, um, you know, and you've set up a node already and, and, uh, also those sorts of things, you'll be completely fine. Um, but it, it, it's, it's got a long way to go in terms of what mass 
uh, adoption for it needs and not even mass adoption, but just people who there are people out there who are not, uh, you know, programmers or developers, not involved in Bitcoin, not um, involved in any of this stuff, but they want their information to be secure um, and they want their communications to be private. And I think that it, in my opinion, like start nine is just the, the front line of this and that the, the reason I would put them there above all other companies that are trying to, um, or, or claiming to try to work kind of in, in these sorts of areas is just like they are full blown Bitcoin maximalists and, you know, their hearts are in it and they are um, using their own, at, you know, at great risk to themselves, um, building out this infrastructure that is critical for, for sovereignty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've only been able to talk to Matt, but Matt's a great dude. And yeah, I as soon as I talked to Matt and I got like permission, I was like, oh, this is this is it right here. Um, the only thing I'm asking and it's not asking for because they're going to release it. Um, clearing their addresses like tour is tour is great, but it's not great when it comes to certain things. And then, you know, one of my big selling points was, yeah, the node, of course, and all that. Um, but having that private communication with my wife right, and my family members uh, is something that was extremely important to me. But unfortunately, it would it require my wife to do a bunch of stuff that she's just not willing to do, uh, right? To yeah. get a tour to run on her phone and be able to, especially on an Apple device where you kind of have to like run an app on top of an app to kind of get it going. Now, I'm down, but she's not down. And there's no matter, there's nothing that I could do. But I was talking to Matt and he's like, hey, somewhere in early this year, we're going to release ClearNet addresses. And he's like, and that, that's going to really solve this problem for the majority of the people. Um Anyways, super bullish on them. So that partnership, if I'm going to put it in quotations, is just because you really believed in their mission. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, that and entirely that. And then uh, you know what happened? I got I I brought a film crew down with me um, when I did the boxes. So I got like I'm. It's just I got a million things going on, but I'm going to get this edit put together that kind of tells the story of everything that happened. But um, Basically, uh, so the boxes that Start9 had, so, so they were ready for the release of the, of the Embassy Pro. Um, and a week before the ship date, um, uh, everything showed up. And I, uh, I guess like the printing company screwed up the boxes. Um, so yeah. the boxes, none of the boxes had the proper graphics that they were supposed to have on them for the release of the Embassy Pro. Um, and Matt just phoned me and was like, Hey, this is going to sound completely crazy, but can you get on a plane and fly to this location that these boxes are at, um, and paint them? <laughs> <laughs> That's like the last thing we want to do is put fucking stickers on these boxes. And I was like, yeah, man, I fucking totally agree. Um, and uh, it was a lot. And, uh, I just, I believe in start nine. So I, and obviously it, it's great exposure for me, for Madex. Um, it, it just fit the alignment was perfect. Um, and I figured that like everyone who received one of the embassy pros with the artwork on it, um, would, uh, you know, at least, at least be interested in kind of what I'm up to. So I had headed down there and, uh, lined up all the boxes on the, on the beach, um, painted them in the sand. That's why some of them have that grit and stuff. And, and, uh, yeah, and then I went, there was 118 of them. Um, and in total, and I, 
the first day I was only able to get in there for two days, only had two days before the launch. And uh, I flew in and I got some kind of food poisoning. Like as soon as I got there (laughs) (laughs) and it just, it was absolutely brutal, man. It just absolutely rocked me. Um, so I lost like so much time. So day one, I'm like trying to get through them and I'm so like, just, I'm like trying to make my plan of what I'm, what I'm going to do and like getting the codings done and I'm feeling sick and like, I'm like, man, like I got to get this done. Like I'm so messed up. And then finally I was like, Hey, I just got to stop. I got to deal with this. I got to heal up and then like dot dive back into it um and like hopefully i'll be okay otherwise like i don't know what to do so i was like worst case they'll just be like blank color like they'll just be (laughs) like just blank on the top right um but then lucky enough like i woke up the next morning and i felt like a million percent 100 percent good to go and so i just sat down and i just fucking did them all man i was working till like four in the morning or something till the night and like so so I like, I feel a little, like I would really wish I didn't lose that day because they all would have been much better. Um, yeah. because you know, when you, you, you do like 118 in a row, one after the other, by the time you get to like the 80th one, like, you know, <laughs> everything hurts. I'm like confused about what I'm even doing. Like I'm just trying to, yeah. try, try to pull it off, but, uh, you know, I just want, I made sure they were all unique and, you know, all numbered and signed and all that. So yeah. What did yeah. you go in? Did you go in with these designs as like just freestyling on the boxes or was it like you had something in mind that you wanted to kind of stick consistent to when it comes to the design? Uh, I had something I wanted it in mind, but it, like pretty much all my plans, my original plans just got <laughs> dominated because I got sick that first day. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, the next day it was literally just, just, go for it. I don't know. Get it so, done. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, so some of them, you know, unfortunately like some are better than the others and, and uh, you know, but uh, it's still, it's all, uh, they're all pieces of that story. And I think there was only a hundred released. So there, there will only be a hundred, um, you know, and then the other one, and then a hundred were released uh, to people who bought online. And then I think the others were um, given, given to staff members and, and to other kind of uh, key, key figures in the company. So. Well, I love that story. It makes me just value this more. I don't even know if the viewers can see this because it's dark in this room, but that's the design I got. Yeah, it's pretty dark in here. It's not going to work. Yeah. That's but I love the one. design. And this is number 44 of 118. You got the block height in there, 765953. You got a message. Thank you, Satoshi. You got your signature, your at, and then start nine. I love this thing, man. This thing is amazing. That's awesome, man. It's so I'm, 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 yeah, it was really cool when, uh, cause it all happened so fast, right? Like Matt's like, can you get on a plane tomorrow? And I'm like, okay. And then I'm on the plane and then I'm sick. And then I'm painting, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like drinking Red Bulls and like drinking coffees and like trying to keep going. And, and then all of a sudden I'm like, you know, back in, in the studio, like, as it, and then, so it really started to hit me what had happened when people started posting them. Um, on Twitter, that, that was really awesome seeing, seeing those come out. Yeah. The spontaneous nature of life, just getting up and doing it. Um, this actually leads yeah. me to, uh, what we could close this, uh, out on this question. Uh, and this could be maybe the way you live life, maybe not, but I, I was listening, uh, to a small amount of Ben's episode when you were on Ben and, um, you brought up Memento Mori. Um, now I'm 
really big into stoicism and stoic philosophy. So as soon as I hear anybody mentioning any term from a Stoic, it kind of makes my head go, whoa, okay. So are you into Stoicism? Is that the way you determine your life and kind of how you run through things? Or was that just a random thought that you brought up in the moment? Uh, no, that Stoicism is definitely a foundation uh, to who I've kind of become as a person, for sure. Um, it's definitely, as, as a man, it's the best like everything I can say, it can only speak to man because I am a man. <laughs> for, for, I believe for men, it's like the most important concepts that, that really exist. Um, as it's so easy to kind of get swept away in everything that's going on. And just the stoicism to me is kind of uh, focus on what matters. Remember what's important. Um, and uh, I think like meditations, uh, was probably the most impactful book that I've ever read in terms of understanding what it is to be human and civilizations. Um, a lot of what was said in the book was excellent, but the, the biggest thing I got from it is, you know, it was written in like what, 180 or something like that. And, uh, nothing's changed. That was the first piece of text that I went through where I was like, wow, like we're here and we think we're so advanced in this crazy civilization and all this stuff, you know, but nothing's changed um, in terms of our psychologies and the way we operate and, you know, the way, you know, we're, we're not much time has passed since that was written. It seems like it was so long ago, but I guess in the eyes of the universe, it, it's only moments ago. Um, and that kind of gave a lot of perspective to me on everything that's sort of going on. And it also kind of uh, brought me in touch with my ancestry and, and my, you know, my family history and uh, just sort of a, a greater respect for stories from the past. Um, and I think that in turn, like brought a greater understanding of, uh, you know, how, uh, definitely brought, uh, made my, improved my artwork, improved my creative work, improved my design work. Um, and also kind of grounded me in, you know, what, what it is to be human in, in a way that I can't really sort of explain. Right. Yeah. Paper stamps will help a lot with that, but yeah, no, I understand how hard it is. That's why when I heard you say most people don't go there unless they have read Stoicism or practiced Stoicism. Uh, it's much harder uh, in practice than it is reading, of course. Uh, but I do agree with, I think it was somebody, Tim Ferriss probably, who called it the operating system of life. Um, I highly agree with that. I walk around with meditations in my backpack every single day. Um, doesn't mean I read it every day, but it's just a nice fallback for me to, you know, calm myself and day-to-day -day life. I got everything that you got that you just explained there as well. But then, you know, just from a Marcus um, perspective, I was like, this is a person that literally had the world at his fingertips, could have really done anything, could have really lived it however he wanted to live it and decided to live it in this fashion, which is selfless uh, and for people, for humans, uh, for society, which I think is fascinating considering maybe 90% of people in his position at his time were tyrants, right? Um, yeah. and, and and be able to write that to himself, right? And not knowing that this would be exposed to you, I, and people thousands of years yeah. later. Um, I think I've always been fascinated by that. 
Yeah. I wouldn't say it's uh, selfless. I, I would say like it was, it was selfish in a way that um, like he was just very wise and it was kind of the, I think that a lot of, uh, a lot of the things that especially tyrants and whatnot, um, they tend to fall into it uh, out of immaturities really. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and ego issues and things like that. Um, I think, I think that he did exactly what he wanted to do and what he believed was important. And, uh, from that regard, like, I don't, I don't really see it as self as, as selfless, but I'm, I'm deep in that whole Ayn Rand school of thought where I think yeah. the most important thing we have is to be self selfish and to be, to take care of ourselves. Um, but it's kind of, it's a difficult, it's very nuanced to explain because obviously, um, you know, what it, what it means is, um, that you want to be, you want to do the things that fulfill you, um, the most, um, at, as priority and you don't want to be living your life for, for somebody else. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Great interpretation. Um, all right, Matex, anything that we didn't talk about that you want to bring up? Uh, no, I, I think we, that was great. I, I enjoyed that. Um, I mean, like I can really talk a lot. I can ramble on about all sorts of stuff for all sorts of time. So I really like how kind of concise this all was. Um, if you're in Canada and you're listening, um, unfortunately we're, we're working on international expansion at bull Bitcoin yet, but it, or right now, but it's, um, takes a while. It's a lot of moving parts. Currently we're only available in Canada. So if you're in Canada, definitely check it out. Um, you'll quickly find out why we're the greatest Bitcoin company um, just from working with our services and, and, and using our platform. Um, so definitely head to bull Bitcoin and there's a, uh, if, and also if you're Canadian, um, you can join our mission program, which you can basically just earn a commissions uh, for onboarding other Canadians. Um, we wanted to make a program where like you as a, uh, if as a Canadian who cares about Bitcoin could earn uh, like a full-time income or, or a part-time income by onboarding people um, in Canada. So that's kind of my bull stuff. Um, I, we're working on a merch store. It's just happening slowly. I'm going to have a bunch of stuff pretty soon here. Um, and uh, for now, uh, the, the next big thing I got coming from Madex is, is um, clothing drop, which will include some bull Bitcoin stuff. So madex.art and I'm at SpaceBull on Twitter. Yeah, give me a second. I got I got a, a bull Bitcoin hat right here. We didn't even talk about it, but yeah, awesome. Did you did you did you create this the uh, the bull logo? Yeah. Um, yeah, not that variation. So the original one, um, we I've created the new logo, okay. um, and I created that one. The very first one that was ever done was uh, done by a, a different designer. Um, I wasn't involved in the branding process at that point in time because it was just kind of the first, it was really the first iteration of it. Oh, um, so I got to step my we, game up then. We just never really changed it. <laughs> yeah, I got to get the Matex version then. Yeah, well, that's technically a Matex <laughs> version. Like I, I edited that design of it, um, but we have a new logo that is very awesome and that one's full power Matex. So. Cool, then that's the one I got to upgrade yeah, to then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Cool, Madex. This was an awesome conversation, man. Once again, um, I don't know, are you ever planning on coming to Austin, man? It would be awesome if you come into town. Yeah, um, I don't think I'm going to be there next year, but I'll definitely be there the following year. Uh, sorry, not next year, this year. Um, yeah. 
But if I'm ever in town, just for some reason, like I'm delivering work to a client or something, yeah, I'll definitely hit you up and, and, yeah, man. uh, yeah. Hit me up. We'll have a steak, have some beer, uh, maybe do this in person. I usually record out of TFTC studios, but I'm home today because uh, the weather sucks ass. Uh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm down for that. I, w- I would love to do an in-person one. So sweet. Madex, I appreciate you folks. Check out all of Madex's work. It's incredible. I'm not just saying that because he's here. I, I really am fascinated by what Madex is doing. Uh, check out Bull Bitcoin. Check out everything that's associated with Madex. Get one of these. Actually, I think you can't get one of these embassy suites anymore, right? I think those are already gone. Uh, but, uh, oh, well, you lost it. But check out everything <laughs> Madex is doing. We appreciate y'all as always. You can catch us on anything that's value for value, podcasting 2.0. Uh, Fountain is the best way. Breeze is the best way, but there's a bunch of different ways. We just talked to Evan from Zeus and he got Echo. So many different ways to contribute to the show. Remember, this is completely audience funded. We don't take ad money so we can say whatever the fuck we want to say during these shows. Uh, And that's the whole point. That's the mission here. If you are on the legacy outlets, Spotify, Apple, all that stuff, I don't know what you're waiting for to get over on the Bitcoin standard of media, but hopefully listening to these episodes will get you a little bit more bullish on doing that and moving over to, let's say, a Bitcoin TV instead of YouTube. As always, we appreciate y'all. Madex, one more time. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. You're welcome. Cheers. Later, and I'll see you guys next week. Take care.